Year after year, one of the most consistent items on my do something list is to have fun with fashion. Exploring my personal style has added more joy to my everyday life and helped me feel more like myself on the regular. However, I have found that there are some brands I would love to explore more, but they are out of my typical price range, or there's the it item that I would love to try out, but without the commitment of keeping it. Enter Armoire. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you can build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new to you styles. I just did my quiz and have selected a few dresses for the summer from Bowdoin, one of my favorite brands that I can't typically afford. And I also got a double breasted black blazer from a new to me designer, a classic item that I have been on the hunt for, but too scared to commit to until I know it's the one. For you expecting mamas, for those who are working or those who are style obsessed, who want to switch out your wardrobe with quality pieces without the designer prices, check out this woman owned company that has your style and your sustainability in mind. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash progress. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash progress to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. You are listening to About Progress. This is episode 306, How Perfectionism is Getting in Your Way with Colby Bloom. Now, five years ago, I was approaching my 30th birthday and also what I call my first and hopefully only midlife crisis. And it just rushed over me that for so many years, my fears of failure had gotten in the way of me trying countless things from learning how to watercolor to climbing some nearby peaks to baking new things, to even starting that blog that I thought about for eight years. Now, for the first two thirds of my life, I had been the classic stereotypical overachieving perfectionist until I crashed and burned in my early 20s and I got buried deep with mental illness, including terrifying eating disorders, among other things. So for the next third of my life up to that point, I went the other direction. I kept myself seemingly safe in this comfort zone of not making big goals of trying hard things or advancing my gifts and my interest. So at that point in my life, again, this is five years ago, as I looked ahead to the next six months at that 30th birthday mark on my calendar, I realized that I felt the same way as an underachieving perfectionist as I did an overachieving one, empty. And it was in that same moment that I was finally able to even identify what was holding me back so much of my life was actually the thing I thought previously was propelling me forward. 
the seek for perfection. There's more to say on that important year and what followed from it, but the nutshell is that I started that blog and it led to this podcast. And for a few years, one of our big focuses here on About Progress was perfectionism. Hence our tagline, life is about progress, not perfection. In fact, many of you found me because of a lucky interview I landed with Dr. Jennifer Finlayson Fife, and we talked about perfectionism. And that's where we all discovered together that perfectionism was both toxic and immature. And that's episode 13, if you're interested in listening to that, and it's linked for you in our show notes. Our final theme for 2020 is never too late. Today, we are getting a bit back to our roots. How perfectionism is holding us back from trying and working, from trying to fulfill our purpose, our identity, and finding more fulfillment and joy in our lives, and even to our creativity. Now, last week, we got to hear from what I think is our matriarch creative, Carol Lynn Pearson. And this week, we get to hear from another creative, and we're going to call her our resident young creative, Colby Bloom. And together, we're going to talk about how perfectionism derailed her identity and how she took it and her creativity back by learning instead how to be mindful and compassionate towards herself and how in time this led to her becoming an artist in ways that she never expected. Now, Colby Bloom is an artist and she's also a writer and a social media expert and online educator with a passion for helping closet creatives, she calls them, find the courage to show up and say, actually, I can. Now, what I want you to know about Colby is that she had labeled herself as most decidedly not an artist for much of her life. And she didn't even start what became a big online profile and community for herself with hand lettering and watercoloring. She didn't even start that until long after the point others would have labeled it as too late. Her story is something I know we can all learn from, no matter what creativity looks like for you, whether it's within the arts, like it is for Colby or it's within you serving your community and making things happen, or maybe your creativity looks like organizing and managing your home. The truth is we are all creators and we all need help to move past perfectionism and how it's getting in the way of us starting and becoming who we want and need to be. Welcome to About Progress. I am your host, Monica Packer, and I don't want you to just listen to this show. I want it to change you. This community of progressors empowers women to take on radical growth via sustainable changes. Are you motivated and ready to grow in your identity, purpose, and productivity? You can when you remember that life is about progress, not perfection. 2020, am I right? Now, I want to do something unique for our final episode of 2020 and what will be a Dear Progressor episode, whereas we get to hear from our community members and we get notes from our fellow progressors. Now, I don't want to downplay the hardships that 2020 has placed on all of us, but I also think that it would be beautiful and wonderful to at least try to make this year be for something. So here's what we're going to do in our final episode of 2020, the Dear Progressor episode. I would love to hear your voice on this show, especially on the final episode of the year. So here is a prompt I'm going to give to you. And I don't normally do this for a Dear Progressor episode, and it's okay if you want to talk about something else, but here is a prompt I want to hear from as many as you as we can. Here's the prompt. 2020 taught me blank. And that's when you fill in the blank. 
I want us to figure out what we have learned from 2020, and I want to hear what that was for you. Now, in About Progress, we are a community, not a fan club. So while you hear my voice on here often, I want to make sure that it's not my voice ending this year. What you do is you record about a three minute or less voice note on your phone, just on your voice memo app. And then you can email it to me at hello at aboutprogress.com. Or you can even call the Google voicemail number that I have set up. And you can find that number and more instructions that you might need if you need them at aboutprogress.com slash be on the show. That's my website, aboutprogress.com, be on the show. I cannot emphasize enough that we need you in this community. And I truly want to hear what 2020 taught you in a way that I think can uh, add the, the camaraderie that we need here and a little bit more of the lessons that we can take away from this year together. I can't wait to, to air that final episode. And I also can't wait to hear what you have to say. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining About Progress. We are very excited to have you here. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Monica. I'm thrilled. Now, Colby, I was just telling you offline that interviewing creatives are my favorite people because there's always more to the story. I think we look at people like you and we just think you were born this way. And maybe there are different aspects of that where you were creative from day one, but most of the time there's a story behind it. So I would like to start with hearing more about your own creativity story and how you grew into this throughout your life. I love that question. So I have always been creative. I feel like creativity is something I was naturally drawn to as a child, especially in my childhood. I pursued a lot of performing arts. I did theater and choir all through junior high and high school and a little bit of college. And I loved, I've always loved writing and music. And so I have a lot of creativity I've pursued a lot of creativity throughout my life. But the funny thing is, I always thought I was terrible at art. So, (laughs) so terrible. I was just trying to think about why I always thought I was so terrible at it. And I think it was because when I was in about fourth grade, maybe it was third grade, we did a program called Meet the Masters, where a parent would come into my elementary school and talk about a you know, very famous painter or artist, and we would try to replicate the works that they did. And I just knew that my work wasn't as good as Van Gogh's. I just knew (laughs) that it wasn't perfect. And so because I could tell the difference that like, oh, well, clearly what I just made is very bad. I didn't want to pursue it because it felt like, well, what's what's the point of doing something if I'm not going to be the best at it? And of course, that was my perfectionism talking. I'm kind of curious though, then how you stepped outside of that. You know, there's going to be a bottom, a rock bottom sometime. Hopefully you didn't reach a big rock bottom, but how are you able to transition out of this perfectionist place of looking at yourself and actually try something? Yeah, I I love that you said uh, that you are using the the term rock bottom with perfectionism, it's part of why I love the phrase recovering perfectionist, because Uh I think that with perfectionism, the highs are so high. The validation Mm -hmm. that you get from the praise of other people, it just makes you feel like you are the most special person in the world because everybody is telling you that you are, but Mm -hmm. the lows can destroy you. They are completely 
detrimental to your sense of self, right? When you let perfectionism lead the way and you let perfectionism be in charge of your worth as a creative person, then that means anytime you don't meet that standard, that impossible standard of consistent perfectionism, then your sense of self is completely gone and your creativity Mm -hmm. is gone too. I don't know that I have like one specific memory in my life of hitting rock bottom, but I do know that I've had multiple, I mean, I would say maybe panic attacks and maybe that mm-hmm. that could be classified as rock bottom. But when yeah. I've done creative things and I feel like I failed at them, it just is horrible. It wasn't until I heard the term mirrored sense of self a couple years ago Mm. (laughs) that I realized my whole life I had been basing my value on what other people think of me Mm -hmm. and of course that's what mirrored sense of self means right that Mm -hmm. you allow other people's perceptions of you to build your identity and and so I think that my path toward creativity and discovering art and painting in particular was just kind of littered with a lot of highs and a lot of lows. And at some point it reached a focal point where I was kind of tired of the roller coaster. Yeah. I, it, was, it was really hard to not know where my value stood at any given moment. And, and it led to almost a benign experience where when I was in my mid twenties, my husband was in law school in the evenings. And so I worked a nine to five and I would come home and be alone for hours. (laughs) And I would watch these videos on Instagram of people hand lettering and people doing watercolor. And man, if I didn't just watch them for a whole evening, multiple evenings in a row, because they were so mesmerizing, it, it stirred this deep desire in me, this deep longing where I suddenly found myself thinking, man, I wish that I could do that. I wish that I had the skill and the talent and the knowledge to do something like that, which was funny because as I mentioned earlier, I kind of swore off art when I was younger because I decided I wasn't perfect at it, right? So I wasn't going to do it. And so discovering kind of out of the blue that I had this desire, this longing to pursue something that I knew I wasn't good at was surprising. And I pushed it away for a long, for many weeks, maybe even months. But then at some point, the I wish that I could do that turned into well, wait a minute. Why can't I do that? What what is stopping me from doing that? What's the worst that could happen if I tried to do this thing? And when I reframed it that way, like, why can't I do this? Suddenly it took the pressure off because I realized, well, the worst that can happen is I try it and I'm terrible and I never do it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... So I bought some brush pens and I fell in love with hand lettering and I was so bad at it when I first started, like everybody is. I was so bad at it, but I loved it so much, not because I loved the things that I made, Mm -hmm. but because I love how it made me feel when I was doing it. And that is 
what leads up to the creative flow, right? When you realize that the process of creating is actually the thing that you're looking for way more than the product that you make. Mm -hmm. So I did the hand lettering. And after a few months, I tried to do hand lettering with watercolor. And it was like love at first sight. Water mm-hmm. Doing watercolor was like nothing I'd ever experienced before. It was like putting my heart onto a page, watching creativity visually happen in front of me. It was, it was like magic. I loved watercolor lettering so much, but I was still thinking, well, there's no way that I'm a real artist though. Like I couldn't do landscapes or something fancy like that. I haven't gone to art school, so I'm just going to stay in my lane and do my letters after a few months of doing calligraphy, but looking at landscape artists and thinking, man, I wish that I could do that. It once again took my mind shifting from I wish to why not Hmm. and you know, now I have quit my job and I teach people how to paint watercolor landscapes and I just published a book on watercolor landscapes. So you just, you never know what's possible until you finally tell perfectionism to take the back seat Mm -hmm. and have the courage to tell your own story. I've enjoyed every word that you said, not only because I feel like it mirrors so much of my own story, my own personal development, but also how it goes back to the roots of what this podcast is about, which is not about perfectionism, although that's been a big player. It's about identity. It's about knowing where your value is. And, you know, what you just showed us is uh, this is something I, I, I've said from time to time. So it might sound, sound familiar to people, but the transformation really does lie in the process, not the outcome. even with creative works, even if we're just trying to develop ourselves outside of creativity too, the development is the process. And that's where the transformation is. It's, it's not in what you get to. And that's where perfectionism is so sneaky. Right. Mm -hmm. And you've explained this well is it, it makes you believe a lie that your value is based off an outcome. And like what you so clearly said too, others' perceptions of you, which is not reliable because not only are others' perceptions of you both subjective, they're also fleeting. So it's just not the way to live. And and so many of us have done this for so long. It's really hard to wrap our heads around doing something different, going outside of our comfort zone of how we perceive ourselves and how we think others perceive us. And that cycle of reaffirming whatever identity we've created in our minds about who we are and who we are not. So I would like to know how discovering the side of yourself that you had not even tapped into for so long, which is what our theme is this month, it's never too late, but how this transformed your perception of yourself, how this changed your identity in a way that is helping you reach new heights personally in ways that you can have imagined, let alone the business, which is awesome, but even just internally. Yeah, I I love that question because that has been a question I've been seeking to answer for the last four years. And I don't think I'm ever going to stop finding answers to it, which Mm -hmm. is the most amazing thing about creativity is that it never ends as long as you make it about the process. Right. And I think that is one of the most damaging lies that perfection tells you is it, it caps your choices. It, takes away opportunities because they don't look like what you initially thought. 
having that mind shift mindset shift is definitely one of the most important transformations in my life because up to the point where I decided to give hand lettering a try I had taken risks it's not like I you know wasn't brave and didn't go out and try to do things mm-hmm. just as a little bit more background after college I moved to Washington DC and I got an internship at the White House with President Obama and I I was a writer in the White House after that for a few years and I feel like I did I, I did a lot of cool things that is while cool. still having that perfectionist badge. Yeah, it was, I mean, that was a life-changing experience in and of itself. But but even during that time, I was still grappling with this idea of myself and this idea of myself that other people had that I needed to pursue a certain career or I needed to act a certain way if I was going to be successful. One of the things about being in Washington, D.C., and especially being surrounded by so many people who have political ambitions, which I don't, (laughs) but so many people in that zone are. They do have that ambition. And so they feel like they have to hustle, hustle, hustle all day long. They have to work 80-hour weeks. And the problem is that the people who do work that long, who do exude that hustle mentality are the ones who get praise. And so it it kind of going from where I was as a perfectionist in Utah, because I was born and raised in Salt Lake City, Utah, to Mm -hmm. a perfectionist in Washington, D.C., just like further cemented my my perception that I needed to act a certain way if I was going to have a quote successful life. But Mm -hmm. when I had the courage, when I was just sitting at home, uh, waiting for my husband to come back from law school, or when I was sitting in my office during a lunch break, when I had the courage to ask, well, why does it have to be that way? suddenly it opened the floodgates for why does anything have to be any certain way? <laughs> mm-hmm. Why? Why does it, why do I have to be successful only one way? Mm-hmm. And it allowed me, as I, you know, explained before, to pursue art and creativity in a way that I never thought I could before. But it also allowed me to view being to view marriage in a different way. Like, so what if my marriage doesn't look like anybody else's? Does that mean that it's unsuccessful? So what if my husband and I bicker a lot because we're just super open communicators? Mm -hmm. And does that mean that we are in an unhappy marriage? No, (laughs) that just means that other people look different than me. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just bring up all these random other life, life questions because that one moment, I honestly can narrow it down to that one moment of deciding to buy some brush pens and try something that I thought I was terrible at gave me more and more courage along the way to say, well, so what if I'm terrible at something? (laughs) Does that mean that my life isn't worth living if I'm terrible at doing things? Well, no, of course not. The more I discovered that I can do something just because I want to. Just a desire or a longing to do something is enough to go after it with everything I have. Hmm. Suddenly opened up a lifetime of creative pursuit and possibility. And it made me realize that if I fail, 
I don't have to keep going if I don't want to, but if I want to, I can learn so much more about myself through that failure. I'm just sitting here (laughs) with my mouth open. One of the things that really struck me there is, you know, when you remove your worth from the outcome that we've talked about, when you remove your value, your sense of self and your worth from an outcome and you try something and it's messy and it's not perfect and you're even bad at it or fail at it, the weird magic that happens is you still somehow gain more courage and more confidence because the worth wasn't hinging on it. And even just doing something that you've thought about doing for so long. And even when you fell at it or it's bad, whatever, it still will give you more confidence and security and more sense of self. It will only continue to shore up that sense of self because you know, like I did this thing that I said I was going to do. It's a really good feeling. Yeah. That's, that's, so good because one of the lies that perfectionism tells us, right, is if you fail, it will destroy you. And if you fail, you can't get back up again. You'll have no other chances. But that's a lie. (laughs) It's because the truth is creativity is a practice and failing is a practice. You can practice at failing. And in fact, I would argue that there is no success, there is no true success that wasn't paved with tons of failures along the way. Mm. And that's because failure isn't, you know, a reflection of somebody's incompetence. Failure is a reflection of somebody's courage to build up their tolerance for uncertainty and to build up their, their knowledge and their experience so that not yet be turns into, you know, their future. And it is perfectionism wants you to believe that being striving to be perfect is the brave thing, but actually it's not, it's the safe thing because it perfectionism tells you that you have to stay on one path in order to be successful. And it doesn't want you to veer off of that path because it's afraid of what might happen if you do. Mm-hmm. And when you can learn to recognize that false confidence for what it is, which is fear, then suddenly, you know, you realize, oh, maybe I have a better sense of what my choices should be than my perfectionism does. Yeah. Yeah. And you can think for yourself, act for yourself. And again, the confidence just keeps getting doubled down on because you're continuing to affirm this is who I am. And sometimes those failures along the way help you have more direction than you would have had otherwise if you hadn't tried, which is everything. So we have been talking a lot about how perfectionism holds us back in general. And I just want to add here for those who might be tuning in for the first time here, perfectionism also looks like people who aren't trying who stand on the sidelines or who give up pretty quickly. That's perfectionism too. So there's a spectrum to this. Let's talk about creativity more specifically. I'm sure there's a lot of listeners who, you know, think this is all well and good, but when it comes to creativity, they're like, no, 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 no. You do not understand. I am not a creative person. What would you say to that? I would say that's false because creativity is about creating things. And because you are a human, 
it is your birthright to create things. Hmm. And regardless of whether or not you're a mother or whether or not you're a parent, whether or not you have biologically created life, that doesn't really have anything to do with it. What does have to do with it is your intelligence that you were born with and your ability to make new connections every single moment of every single day. Hmm. Your ability to make meaning where there just exists things and facts and your ability to put together stories and build a life, you are every day in the act of creating things. And so people who tell me that they're not creative, I just, you know, want to take their blinders off because they're being creative every day. They just haven't tapped into the truest potential that they have because of their, you know, inability, but maybe unwillingness to embrace that part of themselves because man, it is scary. It is scary to create things because there are so many things that you think could go wrong. And there are so many ways that you could have, you know, other people try to invalidate the worth of your creativity. And so it takes a strong sense of self to be a true creative. And that's why I don't think perfectionism and creativity are compatible at all. It's almost a chicken and the egg question here too. Like as you lean more into the creativity, which leans into outside of your comfort zone, leads out of your comfort zone, leads more into messiness, leads into failure too. It's almost like, well, what is what is helping the sense of self? Is the sense of self helping the creativity process or is the creativity process reaffirming the sense of self? And I really think they go hand in hand, which is what I want to talk to you about next. So if someone feels that, yes, okay, I can see it now. I can see that in the past, I have been in this cage to my own creativity, my own possibilities in my life, even if it's not artistic, you know, in nature. Mm -hmm what can they do to get outside of this cage and find this, you know, belonging in himself, but within the creative process? Yeah. I love this question too. I think that once you've recognized how perfectionism is caging your creativity, once you've recognized how, you know, maybe you're, I I still don't like to say unwillingness to move forward, but your fear is the better word. Your fear of going after all of those possibilities that you long for, but you're just so afraid that you're not enough. You can't really unsee it. Like once you see how perfectionism cages all of that, it's hard to, it's hard to go back. But taking that first step forward is by far the most difficult thing because it's unraveling a lifetime of lies. (laughs) And one of the most important ways that you can, you know, take control back from your perfectionism and let you and creativity take the wheel, which I loved the way that you described they go hand in hand because one of the ways that I like to compare perfectionism and creativity is perfectionism is our inner critic And it's characterized by an inability to tolerate being a human, right? Perfectionism wants to drive us away from our humanity because it constantly says, well, who we are isn't enough. And so we have to strive for this unrealistic expectation that's away from who we are. But creativity is our inner longings 
And it's anchored by our innate desire to keep growing more into who we are. So it's anchored in the fact that we know deep down we are enough right now and we can only get bigger and more powerful if we have if we have the courage to do it. And so the way that you can take your creativity back is to practice self-compassion. Self-compassion is one of the greatest antidotes to the poison that is perfectionism because where perfectionism says you are not enough, you will never be enough, you can keep trying and you have to keep trying because that's the only way that you can possibly get close to enough. Self-compassion says, whoa, 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 that's a lie Hmm. and you are a human It's okay and normal to be messy. It's okay and normal to have fear, but you are worth love. You are worth being loved and you have so much love inside of you. And self-compassion is what allows you to let it out, despite your perfectionism trying to keep it back in with all of its might. So perfectionism Mm -hmm. says, perfectionism says you are only what you can produce and self-compassion and creativity say, I am not what I make. I am Mm -hmm. who I am and who I am is beautiful regardless of what output I give to the world. Mm -hmm. I love that connection to the back to just to circle back really quickly, what we talked about, how important identity is. That really is the foundation to weathering all of life's storms, but even these internal ones where we feel like, you know, washed to and fro with who am I? Am I this? Am I that? Am I this thing? Am I this, this outcome? And, you know, really like you're saying, self-compassion teaches you otherwise yeah. there, there is an anchor there and it's inside you. And that, that thing inside you wants to keep growing too. That's the push that I think we all have as humans. It's a unifying push to grow and to, to be better and to do better too. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that. And speaking of that push, one of the, I talk about perfectionism a lot on social media. I recently just made a few TikToks talking about perfectionism and, and, you know, you always get a few people who are like, no, no, no. Perfectionism is a good thing. Perfectionism wasn't, was what encourages progress and what helps me to be better. And that's where I have to stop and say, I understand why you think that way. I understand that you think perfectionism is the reason that you have determination and commitment and grit to your passions. But what you maybe don't understand yet is that perfectionism is not the reason you have those things. That's another lie that perfectionism is telling you. It's telling you that you can only be committed if you're committed to being perfect. And, and I would say, a good replacement for perfectionism in that way, because you might be, if you're listening to this podcast or other, you know, ideas that around the fact that perfectionism is toxic, you might think, but who am I without perfectionism? Like, am I a committed and deeply passionate person if I'm not committed Mm -hmm. to being perfect? Because I'm saying that because I have thought those very things multiple times. Same here. And for me, an excellent replacement for perfectionism is mindfulness because Mm -hmm. perfectionism says 
you have to pay attention to every single detail, no matter how important, because you're the kind of person who pays attention to every single detail. And you're the kind of person who does what it takes and, you know, puts everything first before yourself because you care so much about the outcome. Whereas mindfulness says, I can be present and look for the details that matter and be committed to myself and still be comfortable and love being human. So the key for mindfulness and art specifically is perfectionism tells you when you make something, you have to label it either as good or bad. That's the thing about perfectionism is it's so binary, right? I was just going to say that very word. Yes. There is no in between. Yeah. There's not either. Either it's perfect or it's imperfect. Hmm. And when it's obviously perfect is better than imperfect, right? And mindfulness says there is no good or bad art. You don't have to label something as good or bad. You can just label it as there. It's a creation. It exists. It only exists because you put it there. And considering creativity as a process is so important because when you, instead of thinking about how excited you're going to be when you've created something beautiful, if you think and feel about how beautiful the process is, Mm. so how you feel when you're making something, how you feel when you hold the brush and put it to paper, how you feel when you see the paint explode in a sheen of water and a blend of colors like that's the magic right there and so when you can be in that moment and allow mindfulness to take uh control and keep track of all of the details that really hold a meaning for you and all of the details that you want to tell your story then you are telling perfectionism i can be committed and i can have determination And I can choose what story I want to make and keep pursuing this creative thing because I love the process so Hmm. much. So I don't know if that all like made sense, but for me, mindfulness was such a a good substitution for detail oriented because Mm. I think that's one of the, you know, labels of a perfectionist is, oh, I'm very detail oriented, which means that, you know, I result. Yes. Results oriented. Exactly. But mindfulness says, I know that some details don't matter. And I know that some details do. And I know that I get to choose what details and what part of the process I want to make part of my story. Mm -hmm. So brilliantly said. So Colby, for someone who is, you know, venturing into this, they're going to come across some triggers, I think with perfectionism, I am still noticing the sneaky perfectionism in ways that I did not expect to look for because that you root it out of one place and then it sneaks up in another. But in this process, as they're leaning into self-compassion and mindfulness, I'm sure they're going to see it cropping up in some other ways for them. What can you predict those would be and what tips do you have for them? One thing that might happen, especially as you are embarking on a creative endeavor like art or music or something like that, is you might get the courage to be brave and try something new and then fall on your face because it's hard <laughs> because yes. putting yourself out there is really hard 
and making creative work. You know, some people might make it look easy, but it's not. As somebody who spends hundreds of hours every week, maybe not week, but every month, hundreds of hours every month, recycling so many paper. I've recycled thousands of sheets of paper that nobody has ever seen because the work was so terrible. Maybe you started watercolor and you wanted to paint a beautiful mountain and you start painting it and it looks like a blobby mess. (laughs) And you hear a little voice in your head start to say, man, this just looks terrible. Stop it in its tracks and instead say, how could I look at this a different way? Maybe what can I learn from this experience? What beautiful parts of this process am I overlooking? How can this piece inform where I'm going to go in the future? I think that that is one of the most important roles that mistakes and failures play in pursuing creativity is helping give you knowledge of what choices to make as you continue going. You know, just some some path in the future that this new perspective of having your face on the ground wasn't available to you until you went out and and did the thing and failed at it. But now you have a fresh new perspective on where to go. And it it just helps make your path not easier, but it maybe helps to clarify and bring you more confidence. This goes back to how this funny thing of when you have more courage to fail, it, you know, your courage doesn't get depleted. It just builds and builds and builds. It reminds me of this quote from Maya Angelou where she says, you can't use up creativity. The more you use it, the more you have. But one important piece of perfectionism that I really wanted to include was that perfectionism is not compatible with creativity because it can only exist in a flawless state and the by the very definition of flawless there has to be some metric to compare that to (laughs) there has to be some way that you can know it's flawless and because there is some metric that you can you know say okay now we're at perfect this is this is it if perfectionism existed, if it really was possible, like it keeps telling you that it is, that means creativity has an end date. Why would you mm-hmm. ever want creativity to stop? Why would you ever want mm-hmm. your journey of self-discovery to to be over? Perfectionism wants, like, if perfection is, exists, it means that once you reach the top of the mountain, then your adventure is done. And mm-hmm. I have never met an artist who have said to themselves, okay, well, this is it. This is my last painting. I'm done. I'm done forever. This is no need to do this anymore. It's, that's not how it works. It's creativity is endless and infinite and a deep well. So for one of the biggest shifts for me was realizing that, okay, it's not just perfectionism isn't possible And so I should stop trying to be perfect. It's, I don't want to be perfect. I don't want perfectionism to be possible because that means that at some point I might never get to experience this creative high again, because if perfection is possible, that means at some point creativity isn't necessary. And that's just a world I don't want to live in. So 
Um, I have never thought of that in this way ever. It's never occurred to me, but it absolutely makes complete sense. And you're right. Like that's not what we want. (laughs) We want to keep growing. There, there always needs to be more. And, and you see that in the greatest people who've ever lived on this earth, whether they're creative, you know, quote unquote, creatives, artists, you know, musicians, dancers, whatever, or other ways of creativity, leadership, humanitarian efforts, activism. There's, there's never a a finish line. I hope, because I think, I think people who believe that those are the people who have those huge falls from grace because they cross what they think the finish line is and it's vacuous. Yeah. It's hard to see what's more, what's next and what's more, you know, what's more within me, what's more within this work in this life. We definitely don't want to get to that point. I would say any of us. What happens when you do succeed? <laughs> what is your life going to look like then? What will you do when you don't have a map to follow anymore? And that's why practicing creativity every single day and being comfortable with the uncertainty of creativity, because it's all about what you don't know, right? It's Mm. all about the thrill of seeking a connection that hasn't existed yet because you haven't made it exist yet. And, and so as world leaders and as we, you know, normal everyday humans, practice creativity, it doesn't matter what happens to us because we already know we don't know what's going to happen. We already know we're not sure what the future likes. And we like it that way because Mm -hmm. we like the challenge and the thrill that comes from creating the world that we know is possible and continuing to create it because those possibilities are endless. Hmm. And that definitely helps us stand strong too when comparison sneaks in. I was wondering if you have any final tips on that specifically. Yes, I do. I think that when you're making art and when you're making creative things, especially when you're just learning and as a beginner, it feels like the only way you can get any kind of, you know, standing or ground to be on, you have to compare to somebody else. You have to look at your work and compare it to somebody else's work. And that's the only way that you can learn. And I'm just going to say, comparing your work to other people's work is most often debilitating rather than helpful. If you compare your work to others with the purpose of finding some kind of value in your work, it's never going to be good enough. And it's only going to separate you from community and from being able to connect and make other connections with others because it's still putting some kind of map for you to traverse instead of being brave enough to, you know, venture out on your own and make those connections on your own. So instead, I recommend comparing your work with past work. So maybe seeing your progress, and this is where it definitely plays into listeners of of this podcast, Monica, because, Mm. you know, progress over perfection, always seeing how, you know, things that you feel like you have improved or ways that you feel like you have delved into your creativity even deeper by comparing your current work to your past work is a great way, not only to, you know, help navigate your way forward, but also to build a cohesive story for yourself and to recognize the power that you have to grow. 
I will say that sometimes comparing your work or, you know, looking to others to help guide you or to learn can be useful, but you just have to remember that it's about learning and creativity and, you know, the tools of creativity like art and music and words and all of those things are just the tools that you have to help you express that. And so that's another reason why comparing yourself to other people isn't helpful because creativity is about you. Creativity is about your inner longings and about the way that you want to connect with the world and build a community. It it can stand on its own in that way. Wow, Colby, this has been, I've said inspirational a few times, but this truly has. It's reinvigorated a lot of how I want to see myself for one, but also how I want to live and also helped me identify some of the traps that I've still been kind of falling into, especially comparison and how sneaky that alone has been for me. I I just want to thank you very, very much for the work you've done. Also for the courage you've taken in your own life to pivot in these monumental ways and show other people how it can be done, especially when perfectionism used to have such a hold on, on you. And I'm sure it still, you know, creeps up on you just like it does for me. I would love to uh, direct people to where they should go, especially with your new book as well. Yes. Well, thank you so much for having me on this podcast, Monica. It has been just a treat. And if people want to find more of my work, you can go to my Instagram account. My handle is this writing desk. And you can also go to thiswritingdesk.com slash book to find out more about my book, which is called Wilderness Watercolor Landscapes. Um, It's a book that I wrote that has 30 step-by-step projects, wilderness watercolor landscapes that you can learn to paint regardless of what level of artist you are. I wrote it specifically so that the first couple chapters of the projects are for very beginners. And then you can build on your skill as you go through the book until you have, you know, made more complex landscape pieces. That's where, that's where I am. I love it. I'm literally going to get off this call and go buy that book right away. I, Again, I, I just all these talents coming together for you, but not just talents, because sometimes I think we say talents and really we should say all the hard work and development that you've put, that you've been through to get to where you are. It's just blessing so many people, me included. Thank you again so much for being on the show. Oh, it was a pleasure. I am so happy to have been here. I hope this episode gave you the hug and kick in the pants that you need to grow. I know it did for me. It was so inspiring to hear from Colby and my goodness, is she brilliant? No wonder that she was working in the White House for so many years, but it's so amazing to connect to someone on this level of being able to push past perfectionism. And I was wondering if you have someone in mind that that came up for you as you were listening to this episode that you were like, you know what? So-and-so could really benefit from this. If so, send them this episode don't keep it to yourself. You can text it, email it. If you share it on social media too, make sure you tag me because I always love to say thank you for those tags. Let's review the progress pointers from this episode. This is where I share the notes I took so you don't have to. Number one, when perfectionism leads the way, you lose your sense of self. Two, follow the thought, I wish that I could do that with a why not? Three, pay attention how doing something makes you feel instead of focusing only on the outcome. Four, perfectionism caps your choices. Five, creativity is a practice. 
Failing is a practice too. There is no true success that is not paved with failures. Six, it is your birthright to create. Seven, practice self-compassion to combat the poison of perfectionism. Say, it's not what I make, it's what I am. Eight, replace perfectionism with mindfulness. Feel the beauty of the process. Ten, nine, excuse me, comparison of others is debilitating. Instead, compare your past work and development to your present and focus on learning. And 10, creativity is about you. It is about your inner longings and who you truly are. Again, what a beautiful episode. I have been um, really loving Colby's artwork. If you are ready to go into the best wormhole on the internet, go and check her out at this writing desk on Instagram, and you will be amazed by the beautiful landscape um, and hand lettering that she creates, and, and as well as the, her new book that she came out with so that you can create them too. Oh, and I forgot to say, if you want access to the progress pointers every single time I share those, all you have to do is be logged or a part of our Go Getter newsletter. This is where you go to aboutprogress.com forward slash go getter. And every single Thursday, you get a week out, we got this email from me and a graphic of the progress pointer so that you can save it to your phone as wallpaper or something to reference. I really hope that that can help you. Now, just some final reminders for you. We would love to hear you on the Dear Progressor episode, the final episode of the year. So send us a Dear Progressor note. And if you could answer the question, 2020 taught me blank. Well, I guess that's not a question. Answer the prompt. 2020 taught me. So what did it teach you, friends? We'd love to hear. Go to aboutprogress.com forward slash be on the show if you need to learn how. And that's linked for you in the show notes too. I would love to hear any feedback that you have had from this year. What themes resonated with you? What guests? What talking points have been relevant to your life? And the best way to tell me this is in a review on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. If you can do that, I'd be so grateful. I'm going to draw a couple um, giveaways this month instead of my normal one. Instead of doing my my single review of the month, I'm going to review or share a couple of those. So I would love to honor you and just give you that special thanks, especially because I would love to get to my 1000 review goal. And we are currently about 150 away from that. And I think we can do it. If even 10% of the people who listen to the show each month left reviews, we would have thousands of them. So I would really be grateful to hear your feedback on the show. I hope you know that it matters what you think to me. I say this over and over, but we really are a community. And I do on what I do on the show is driven by what I know of you and what you need and what I am connecting with you about and what I see online and, and get in our emails and direct messages and the reviews too. And I'm going to do my darndest to keep serving you, especially as we head into what hopefully is a better year for all of us, 2021. But sometimes we can't predict the future. Actually, we never can. And, you know, I know that in years past, I didn't need a worldwide pandemic to have a really hard year. I hope so much better for all of us. But I also am telling you now that my goal is to keep being here, to keep serving you, to keep helping you rise up, to find fulfillment, to anchor into your identity, to reach for more in your life. And I have so many incredible things coming for you in 2021. And I can't wait to share it with you. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, life is about progress, not perfection. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death 
in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.